0: For over 10 years, Shane Hurricane Helms has been a pioneer in the podcast game. And now, the Creative Control Network proudly brings to you the record-breaking, history-making, longest-reigning, most entertaining cruiserweight champion of all time, Shane Hurricane Helms and the Highway to Helms podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever your favorite podcast may be, you'll find me, Shane Hurricane Helms. And if you don't know... Google me. Biatch!
1: Uh, next one's from Mike Durbin. Oh, how about that? D- this is
0: this is an interesting question. <laughs> D- D- Durbin's got weird questions. All right, you ready for this one, Conan? Well, oh, he's a weird guy. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode number 51. Thank you so much for listening. I have a very special guest this episode. He is a true legend in wrestling, Shane Hurricane Helms. I met Shane a couple times at the first StarCast After Party and then on the Jericho Cruise. He's a hilarious guy. He is so funny. He's a friendly guy. And he was gracious enough to appear on my show. I talked to him for over an hour, uh, mostly about comic books, comic book movies, I asked him very few wrestling questions because I just don't care about wrestling anymore. So thank you, Shane. And uh, check out Shane's Pro Wrestling Tees store. I just bought one of his shirts during their sale. And I bought his brand new PPE mask from Pro Wrestling Tees. Yes, you should buy it too. It's a for sure way to avoid COVID. Get the Shane Helms mask. And also, you can never have too many masks. So check out the, uh, I think it's lucha-masks.com where you can get your Conan mask you can get your Disco Inferno mask and so many other ones speaking of Conan last Friday night I spent about an hour and a half talking with him about our favorite Stevie Wonder songs so finally I'll be able to have Conan on my show after such a long build up over the past year I finally landed the big fish Conan you can hear the segment right now if you sign up for the Keeping It 100 Patreon over at Conan.me the video and the audio are up there We had such a good conversation. We went over our top five songs. This segment will eventually land on this show, maybe episode 55. So look out for that. I want to thank Jay Baca and Derek Brooks for buying Mike Durban show t-shirts from the sale last week, the 4th of July sale. Both of those guys are huge supporters of the show. They bought like multiple shirts for me. So thank you guys. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it so much, guys. Alright, please follow me on social media at Mike Durband on Twitter, Mike underscore Durband underscore show on Instagram, and my YouTube channel, of course, it's youtube.com slash Michael Durband. Alright, let's get to my interview with the great Shane Helms. But first, some words for my sponsors. Hey, all you listeners of the Mike Durband Show, I want to take a minute and tell you all about True Brain. I'll be honest, my brain isn't as sharp as it used to be. I got what Rocky Balboa might call a relaxed brain. If you're like me and you're looking to upgrade your working memory, boost your mental output and overcome mental blocks, listen up. True Brain has a variety of products available such as drinks, high IQ snack bars, ketones for those of you on the keto diet, non-caffeinated drinks, capsules, boost powder sticks and coffee. True Brain was developed over years of research and developments by a core team of UCLA neuroscientists. Right now, True Brain is offering a variety pack with four different formulas. Non-CALF, CBD and Flow, Regular Boost, and Extra Strength. Experiment with different combinations to reach your optimal brain activity. Let me break it down as simple as I can. TrueBrain just launched Custom, which is their variety pack where you get to try four different types of TrueBrain to see what unlocks your best brainwave state and your best performance. TrueBrain is the key to unlock your best thinking. They're offering 20% off all their amazing products to the listeners of The Mike Durband Show. Just use code DURBAND at checkout. If you're a listener of my show, I assume you're already a highly intelligent person. But let TrueBrain help you reach your highest brain potential. Head over to TrueBrain.com, that's T-R-U-Brain.com, and use the code Durban for 20% off.
0: Stand back, there's a hurricane coming through.
1: All right, Shane, uh, welcome to the show. Um, when I first met you at the, the first StarCast after party, you asked me if we'd met before. You said you thought you knew me. And then when I met you in the Jericho cruise, you said the same thing. Do I remind you of someone? or And if so, who's that unfortunate guy?
0: Uh, I think it was on To Catch a Predator or something like that. You just have one of those faces, um, you know. No, you know, I don't know. You must have just reminded me of somebody, or oh, you know, it could just be a similar look, you know. And I mean, you got the shaved head, the uh, you know, the, the chin gimmicks going on in pro wrestling that, that's kind of rampant. So it yeah. could have just been that.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The Jericho Cruise. One of the highlights for me was when you uh, you completely took over the Keep It One Hundred panels. You cut hilarious promos on Disco Inferno. <laughs>
0: well, you all heard about the Disco Inferno. Do I got to go into that again? There's no benefit to him being
1: here. You know, you really saved it because Glenn didn't show up. Conan was in Iran the entire cruise. So you saved it.
0: He didn't even show up to the first meet and greet. Like, there's supposed to be a keeping it 100 meet and greet. Yeah. So which means me, Conan, and Disco. So now you understand why I do Highway to Helmets by myself. Yeah. Totally. You know, I just do it by myself now, and it's way better. Than, um But uh, yeah, so uh, Glenn couldn't even make the trip at all, because he didn't know he needed a passport. Uh, do you buy that story? Yeah, he's pretty dumb. But that motherfucker's stupid, y'all. <laughs> we all think he's stupid. But that's the disco in front of Then Conan, like the first mean great, just doesn't show up. So i just just doing yeah. it by myself. And so then we were going to do the live show, and that's just, you know, I mean, it's a live podcast where we're kind of going to be recording it, uh, but with a live audience. And We've, we've done We did those a couple of times. I, I did them solo by myself with Highway to Helm. So, but I wasn't sure because I haven't seen him. We can't call anybody on this boat. You know, I'm sure you remember the Wi Fi was non existent. Yep. Um, I could get a little bit of Wi Fi in my room sometimes, but it, it wasn't good. It was trash. And so I wasn't sure until like uh, he showed up like 10 minutes before the show. You know, there, there, there's a joke in the business about lucha time. The luchadors are notoriously late for yep. everything. You know, and I'm not, I'll be on time. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about the occasional five minutes late. I'm talking about systematically, 100% of the time the luchadors are going to be late. Every 100% of them. It's like when I worked with uh, Lucha Libre USA, you know, we'd be down in the van waiting to go. Mm. And it was just, it was chaos every time. So I kind of expected that from Conan. So I was prepared to do that whole show by myself. Yeah. That's why the fireball had to come into play. <laughs>
1: Yeah, your wife brought the fireball on stage, and uh, yeah, it was really your show. You know, you and Frankie uh, saved it. So,
0: yeah, Frankie did good, man. Frankie's funny.
1: Yeah, speaking of Glenn, the last time you were on Keep It at One Hundred, you got in a huge argument over politics with him. Mm -hmm. What do you think of his political leanings?
0: Uh, Well, obviously, if we got an argument, I disagree. Yeah, (laughs) do you think he's playing it up a little bit just for show, or? Maybe, but like, uh, there's certain times when you can't do that. It could actually uh, be harmful. You know, mm. uh, me, I was like, and this was months ago, talking about how serious we need to take all of this. Obviously, I was right because here we are. Yeah. We'll be at 130,000, uh, and I don't want to get too deep into that. Did by yeah. this weekend, you know? And that's my whole point was we, we should have took it serious, and we should have took it more seriously. And even since then, we still haven't. We still haven't gotten the trenches like we should have. You know, it's amazing that New York, they did so much better than North Carolina did. I don't want to compare New York City to any city in uh, North Carolina because it's so huge. But that makes it even worse because they were all, you know, that's such a packed city. And they were able to control it way better than some of these places that have nowhere near that um, level of of, uh, population. So it's it's pretty aggravating. But yeah. uh, And that's one of the reasons I was like, uh, you know what, I'm done. Conan, if you want me on the show, Disco can't be on it. <laughs> That's just how it is. Yeah. Because I don't want to get uh, – because I don't like to get angry anyway. Yeah. And uh, just I don't, see, I don't see a good uh, – I don't see any benefit to that. <laughs> yeah. How is North Carolina? Are the gyms open there yet? Uh, we were supposed to go to phase three this week, and now we're pushing it back because we keep – we had a couple of days of record spikes oh. uh, last week. Nobody down here takes it seriously. You know, we got – I mean, this people still waved the rebel flag down here nobody's going to tell me what to do. It's just like, dude, what? You know what I mean? And I've had these conversations on Facebook, you know, it's just like, you know, I was like, Hey dude, you wear shoes, right? To protect your feet. It doesn't mean you're any less of a man. You know, you get in the car, you put on your seatbelt. It doesn't mean you're any less of a man, you know, when you wear your helmet on a motorcycle, it doesn't mean you're less of a man just wear the mask. Let's kick this thing, get it, get it done. And we'll be over. But you can't nobody tell me what to do. My freedoms.
1: Yeah. Um, I only have one wrestling related question for you. I was listening to your last episode. And you said Jim Ross sent you his autobiography. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're reading that or you read other books by uh, your peers, wh- what do you think about your story? Are you going to release an autobiography at some point?
0: Uh, I don't know. You know, it's so much talking about yourself. That's the main thing. I, you know, when I do my podcast and I do these interviews and, um, I get enough of talking about myself here, mm-hmm. you know, that just the amount of egocentric work that goes into those books, man, that would, that would be tough. I, I would yeah. get tired of talking about myself. So I don't know. Um, but it has been asked. It's been asked me a lot by fans. I've had companies that have put out books come to me several times. So maybe, you know, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, that's still open there. My, I feel like everybody knows my story. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of the first, maybe the first on social media. I'm the most interactive guy on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to a podcast before everybody, you know, yeah. and I feel like all my stories are out there. So I guess maybe I could condense, them I mean, into one tome, so to speak. But I don't know. I wish I had a better answer, but I'm not sure.
1: Uh, yeah, you were one of the first podcasters, if not the first wrestling podcaster. What do you think of what it's turned into now? It's like almost every wrestler has their own podcast. What do you think of the current landscape?
0: That's pretty cool, you know. I mean, it's one of those things I was ahead of the curve, and that, and that happened quite a bit. You know, it's uh, so. I mean, that's a good compliment. I'm not one of those guys that I'm a hate on everybody mm-hmm. uh, just because they started doing that. I, I mean, I did it because I thought it was cool. So, uh, no, no point in me hating on them for doing it. Um, as long as they got something to say and good, every now and then throw, throw my name out there since I did help get it started. You know, yeah. but I got, I got no heat with it. I listened to a bunch of them, like the whole Conrad Thompson line of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I even said on a on a podcast that you know he's now the pod father, whereas I I might have been because yeah. of, of I helped get it started. But what what Conrad has done with his family of shows, I man, is just fantastic, and he's a great interviewer. Yeah, you know, he was uh, when I used to have guests on my show. I felt he was you know I would have a good back and forth if I knew you. If I didn't know you and I had to getting that interview or interviewee uh, relation, it wasn't always smooth, you know, and I, I didn't feel at home doing that. Conrad is great. He is. You know, he's a, he, he's great at that. So um, he's good. Uh, you know, I still I listen to a lot of Jericho's. I love Steve Austin's podcast. Steve is one of the reasons I quit doing it to begin. The first time I stepped away from mm-hmm. podcasting because I did video pods back then too. Even early on in 2010, 11, I was doing the video pod, which nobody was doing. But then I got in that motorcycle wreck and broke my face apart. So video kind of became a problem. And and during that time, Steve had called me and asked me for advice on how to do a podcast. And I was like, man, Steve's going to start doing one. I don't know if I want to compete with Steve Austin, you know, and I didn't. (laughs) So, uh, but I like Steve's. Uh, There's a couple I listen to podcasts like all the time. So it's a good way to get a message out there, but I think people think it's easy. Mike, you probably, uh, understand this It's it's there's more work that goes into it than people think the updated software stuff like this zoom uh this has made it easier yeah it definitely helps but you know one of the reasons like i took a break from it the first time and you're talking about 2010 2011 and around uh that time and i was really rolling you know i was in the itunes top 10 every week and i was beating up especially in the uh sports video section i was beating up major league baseball the nfl I was doing stupid numbers for a guy that most of the world didn't know. Like, if you know wrestling, you know Shane Helms. If you ain't in wrestling, you don't know me. That's why I I always say that when people ask me, am I famous? I go, if you watch wrestling, yeah. If you don't, then no.
1: So you're expanding your brand. You have uh, the brand new Primetime with Hurricane Helms podcast, and that's out right now.
0: Uh, The Pro Wrestling Report has been around since like 1998. Mm -hmm. Those guys have been doing – uh, their show and they got to deal with fight TV and this was something like it started like just during the furlough you know the COVID when I got furloughed from WWE because of the, the COVID era just asked me to be a part of their show and what it is is on um, Thursday nights primetime we would talk about the previous night's evening which was AEW and NXT and we might throw in some Raw some some pay per view information in there but we just kind of dissect the show what do we like what do we not like. Uh, if there's a pay per view come up, we do this really fun uh, thing called "Be the Booker" with myself and Dave Hero, who is a promoter out of uh, Wisconsin, and he's really good. He's done. He's been a very successful promoter, uh, an agent type guy in terms of getting guys bookings, and he's worked with Kevin Nash and you know uh, Al Snow and Demolition, just a ton of guys. You know, Dave has a solid reputation uh, of success as a promoter in, in the business, and so we're kind of giving you a perspective, Damien. Damien is the third host. And those were the two that did it together because you had Damien, the fan, Dave Hero, the promoter. Well, now you got the actual performer in there. So to give you all of these perspectives, you know, and that's something that I don't think is really out there right now. And I just started having fun with it. And I was like, I'll do this every week. And you know, it went from just being a guest to I was like, okay, do you mind if we put your name on the show? And I'm like, no, nah, man, use use whatever you can to your advantage. If if I help you get I said, No, there might be some people that don't want to hear me. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. But it's been it's been super fun and it's actually re-energized. Like I've never lost interest in watching wrestling. I watch it every single week. I watch it as much as I can. But now that I have I really look forward to it to this show, uh the primetime. Uh, with Hurricane Helms just so we can talk about what we liked, you know. And I want to keep it positive. You know, I, I think wrestling, especially for the era that we're in, I think the companies are trying really hard to put on some good stuff. So, you know, we kinda like grading it on a curve right now. Yeah. Um, because of the uh no fans in the audience and stuff like that. But I'm not gonna let the show turn into one of these uh just bitching about everything, hating everything especially from guys that have never did it on, on any kind of consistent, successful basis. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be disrespectful to, to the game like that. But we're having so much fun. But, yeah, that's basically that's a Fight TV gimmick. I, well, I asked the guys, too, because uh, that's how they did it. They did it, Fight TV and YouTube, and they've been doing it Facebook Live and all of that stuff. Mm. And so I just asked them, I said, have you all thought about doing a podcast version of this, just so people driving down the road and stuff? And they said they thought about it, but they just hadn't pulled the trigger on it. And I go, well, I know a guy. I said, my man, Jojo Feeney, the yeah. Creative Control Network. And I was like, well, before, <laughs> let me call Jojo first to make sure <laughs> he's, he's got time. Because Jojo's building a great network himself. The good thing with this one, I told Jojo, you don't got to do anything. We'll send you the audio. Just put it up. Uh, whatever the sponsors thing. He's got some kind of system that that happens. Like, whereas mine, he puts in um, my personal one, Highway to Helms, that I'm still going to do and keep doing you know, he puts in music clips. I got a song of the week. You know, I got um, special uh, commercials that I throw in for him. So he has to do some editing on mine. Mm-hmm. At least with the primetime one, we just going to give him a thing and he just uploads it. So I wanted to make it easy for JoJo. But yeah. to also, uh, JoJo will get a benefit. It expands his network, the creative control network, which he's built, you know, for himself. You know, he's built a good brand with that as well. So I thought it was something where everybody wins
1: yeah it's a big honor for me i get to be on the same network as legends like you legends like uh, road warrior animal uh vampiro who only did two shows but uh technically he's still on the on the lineup Is that, just two? yeah he did two shows and then he disappeared so
0: well he can only film at night yeah <laughs> so he uh he's working he's working under some restrictions yeah
1: yeah all right shane we're gonna flash back now we're gonna go back to probably the late 70s when did you, as a young boy, when did you discover comic books?
0: Uh, I was five years old, so 79.
1: Okay. My nope.
0: parents had, uh, had, had <laughs> they pulled that divorce angle.
1: Oh, yeah. Same and with they me. They tried to
0: the rib us. They put the heat on all the kids. Um, and so I got a new stepmom, or a stepmom, not a new one. I got a stepmom, mm-hmm. and her father had comics. For some reason, we went to his house, and of course, I'm just a little kid there with nothing to do. I don't even know this guy. And he tells me about these comics in the back. So I go back there and, man, that was it. I was hooked, you know. And two, uh, maybe because you're in that little world of your parents splitting, maybe you're looking for something else anyway to kind of take your mind off all of that drama. Yeah. But, man, I just got hooked on comics. And, you know, at five, it ain't like you can – it's not like you're the best reader at five years old. But, you know, I had a really – I had a high reading level all through school. Yeah, you know, I was an advanced reader all through uh, my educational career, and so I think it started because of comics of trying to figure out what was going on, and that's where comics I think are really the best learning tool because you can look at the art and the art might help you with the context of what the words mean. You understand? Yeah. And so, um, I was just hooked, man. And uh,
1: what were you reading back then? Like, uh, were you
0: DC, Marvel? uh, I never picked a company that really actually annoys me a lot when people get really too deep into that. I'm a company guy, you know, it's like, man, because I'm the same thing with wrestling. I like wrestling. I don't care about the letters in front of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, what do you like better? AEW, WWE, like, man, if I'm working for one of the companies, I will like that one maybe a little bit more, but at the end of the day, as a viewer, I just like the wrestling, whatever is good, give it to me. But, and luckily my grandfather, he had a little bit of everything. He even had indie indie comics, what you would consider independent companies back then. Mm-hmm. All of this crazy stuff. So I grew up just liking a little bit of everything. My very first favorite was Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, mar mm-hmm. Marvel version. Uh, you know, and then um, as I grew up, you know, the Legion, or started to grow, Legion of Superheroes, Power Man and Iron Fist. I remember being one of my favorites because I had a one of my buddies, one of my best friends at that time was black. And it wasn't a lot of, comics that had that, you know, you had like Captain America and the Falcon yeah. because kids always want to like play the characters, you know, so it wasn't like comics where is where I was really introduced to diversity too, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Growing yeah. up down South is predominantly white, but here's this world where it's everybody, you know, you get this uh, inclusion of a little bit of everybody. So uh, that's part of one of the things too, I think that uh, appealed to me, but I really didn't realize it at the time.
1: Yeah. What was the first action figure they made for you? Did you have a
0: WCW figure? No, nothing in WCW. Uh, uh, Jack Specific made a Hurricane figure. And I know at the time, uh, Jack Specific called me, and it was their best-selling action figure of all time. Wow. At at that time. I don't I mean, I'm a, I'm guessing that maybe Cena or somebody might have outsold me at some point. But I know as far as just one individual figure, not collectively, as far as one individual figure, uh, that one was their best-selling action figure of all time when it came out. Wow. Do you collect all your figures? Uh, Collect would imply that I take care of them. So I'm gonna say, no, they do a mass, you know, they're, they're kind of laying around. Um, I never built a shrine to myself. Um, Like these pictures here, I literally put up for the primetime show so that I didn't have this blank wall, you know, but I don't have a lot of pictures of myself hanging up. I've been to guys house, uh, other performers, and I've seen that and it just kind of creeped me out sometimes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I asked uh, Disco if he had any anything on his walls in his house, and he's like, no. He's like, what the
0: fuck would I do that for? Well, I think, too, you actually would have to have accomplishments. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a bit. Like, uh, some of the trophies I've won uh, as an amateur wrestler, and you know, I got 22 gold medals as an amateur wrestler. So, I kept all of those little medals, yeah. uh, and I got some of the tra- those tra- those uh, championships and, like um, – I got the WCW Cruiserweight title, and I ha- I did have a cabinet where I put the AWA Heavyweight Championship in, but that's not mine. That was just I like that championship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in that, I got a copy of uh, the European title, and that I held in WWF, and the WCW Cruiserweight title in that one. So, but mainly, um, stuff of me that's in my home is stuff that my woman's put up. And cause she wants the kids to look at it and see that dad did do some cool shit. And I, and I get that. I, and I do understand that. Cause I don't mind it. I just didn't want to, I don't mind if it's there. And this is kind of like the book thing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be so arrogant that I was the one that did it. Yeah. So I think that's it. I don't mind it, but I just don't want to be the one to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, when, so you collected comics when you were a kid. Uh, did you ever have a gap in your collecting did, or did you, have you just always collected them?
0: Yeah, I had a gap a couple of years ago. I think when they did the New 52 yeah. was when they did it. Yeah. It was that. And two, comics had gotten to this real morbid era where somebody had to die every storyline. Mm-hmm. And that just became a gimmick. That was the gimmick. Who dies? And then they come back in some convoluted way. And I was just like, this is fucking stupid. You know? Um, I hated that that became the gimmick. Like, I remember even in, uh, there was one book it might've been the Titans in DC and the cover says who dies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, that's the selling point here. Like, I don't want to read this shit. And it's just somebody dying every, ep- every issue, you know? Yeah. And then they kept rebooting everything. And I guess sometimes you got to update it for today's real, you know, captain America was in world war two. Okay. Well, that was good for books in the sixties and the seventies when that was 2020, how many mm-hmm. kids today can relate to, to, you know, to world war two. So I, I understand the concept of, uh, of having to update things a little bit, but don't tell me all my years of collecting didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like if you reboot it too much and all the stories that I've amassed and I've supported this industry for, you know, since the 80s, because that's when I started buying my own stuff was in the 80s. Yeah. All of that don't matter now. You know, so that rubbed me the wrong way. I did it, you know, and those reboots that I did a couple of times. And then finally, I was like, all right, I need a break from this anyway. And I never took a complete break because I would go in every now and then, pick up a couple of things. And I would pay attention to uh, major storylines on, on websites and stuff like that. But I got back into it as far as um, buying and amassing again. And I say amassing because it does pile up because I got over, you know, 18,000, probably close to 19,000 now. um books and so there's a podcast called comic book club and i started listening to those guys and they were they had so much energy and excitement about comics and love and joy about comics i was like man that's what i want to hear that's the positivity that i want to hear and so then i had this thought of um on highway to helms to break my my show up into segments where i talk about what's going on in wrestling i talk about what i like to watch in terms of television and movies. I uh, get that entertainment uh, segment. And then I wanted to uh, started to do a segment called the comic slam where I talk about what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And the goal there is to use whatever little bit of name value I have left because I know I'm, I'm stretching it thin. But to use whatever name value I got left to just show people how great this medium is because in America it still is this conception, preconception that comics are just for kids. Yeah, You know, so many people can't get out of that. You know, it's such a weird thing because great art is for adults and great literature is for adults. If you put them together, for some reason that's just for kids. That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Especially since there's so and you know this as well as I do, there's so many stories out there that are I wouldn't let my kids near. I wouldn't let there's so many books out there that you do not let your kids touch. You know? And so uh that's why it became a comic slam I and mean, man, like now I'm just I've read some of the best stuff I've read in my life over the last year and a half. And so, yeah, I'm really back all energized and into that world again. Just reading, you know, I mean, just when your imagination can just be in, th- especially now when the world is just fucking doom and gloom. Yeah. You know, hey, <laughs> like uh, I don't even like to go outside anymore. I would stay in my house, read my books, and be happy as a damn clam
1: yeah speaking of the the comic slam i gotta give you credit you kind of got me back into comics you know i I go in yeah i go in and out every now and then um a couple months ago you mentioned doomsday clock yeah um and you really hyped it up and i was interested in it i always loved watchmen i liked the movie i loved the original comic uh but you really talked up doomsday clock which was the sequel it was the sequel to watchmen so I went out. I got the Doomsday Clock Part One, the hardcover, and yeah, man, it's it's probably one of the best things I've read in a decade. Yeah, yeah. And then part Does two, it? part two came out last week, and I got okay. the part two hardcover. Tremendous,
0: man. Have you finished it? Oh. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. Uh, I didn't like the way it became too much of a Superman book at the end. But I, I thought like the the first and second act of that story were just incredible. I love those characters. Did you like the uh, the HBO series? Did you watch that?
1: I haven't seen that yet. Um, I don't have HBO. So when that comes out on Blu-ray, I'm
0: going to get it. Man, that, I watched every episode of that multiple times. That's how good that was. And yeah. it's so it's a different cast of characters. I think the only one is Dr. Manhattan. He's the only one that's uh, from the old school. You get a hint of a few others. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. But it's more of the tone of the original series. Mm. You know, you got that because the first book was very political. And the first book was more of a... Um, of a dissecting the actual comic book industry in the midst of telling the story as well. Yeah. You know, so, because Alan Moore had a lot of big problems with the way superhero comics were taking over. So this was kind of his, you know, are superheroes really all that good mm-hmm. type thing. That, that's that's the essence of it. And uh, in the midst of a political background, you throw the, all that stuff in there. So, But the TV show is excellent, and uh, it's a powerful cast too, really. Like I say, very few shows these days with everything that that is out there. There are a massive amount of entertainment that's available to us right now. And it's few shows I'ma watch multiple times. I watched every episode multiple times because there's all these little Easter eggs. Yeah. There's a million Easter eggs in there. Um but I watched multiple times. I did that with the boys as well. If you haven't seen the boys, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I can't and wait. Those for books them too. are nuts.
1: I haven't read the books. Should I check those out?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you, I mean, just to get you prepared for the show, <laughs> it is fucking nuts. Yeah. And that's, that's another one. You don't let you, you don't, if you got any young children that you don't even need them in a the room while you're reading the voice.
1: Yeah. Uh, talking about comic book movies, all the Marvel movies to me are amazing. You know, Not all of
0: them. There's a few. They, they have some duds.
1: There's a couple, but um, for me, DC, it's like I love DC books more than the Marvel books, but yes. for the movies, for me, it's flipped. I, got I am you. so disappointed when it when a DC movie comes out.
0: Uh, DC's had way more duds. They're uh, they're just trying to cram too much into into one movie. It seems if they just take their time, you know, you got to take their time. They're trying to play catch up ball to Marvel, and they just really need to not worry about what Marvel's doing yeah. in, in in that term. You know what I mean? Um, like with Batman versus Superman, they they introduced Wonder Woman. They did the Batman versus Superman and they did Doomsday all in one movie. That's yeah. three different movies. Yeah, You know, you you could have vaguely introduced Diana because Wonder Woman was coming out. I get that, but like we didn't need Batman versus Superman. The reason Batman versus Superman worked in the books is because we read them for 20 years. And then yeah. we got Batman versus Superman. I'm talking about for my age, for older viewers, it was even longer but younger viewers, you know, Batman and Superman are, are buddies. They don't fight until yeah. that, you know, the Dark Knight and all of that came out in the books. The Dark Knight. That's yeah. when you got the really good Batman versus Superman. With well, this movie just—they just meet right away and start fighting. You know, yeah. it just—it uh, was—it it didn't work in that aspect. And Doomsday—I mean, the Doomsday story is just epic. It's huge, yeah. and they just crammed that in. And like I think, longtime fans. They're let down by that. New fans are just confused yeah. because you don't know, you didn't get the epicness of Doomsday. You just kind of go, "Oh, so they made a monster and killed
1: him?" He was made from Luthor's blood. Luthor cuts his hand and that's God. how Doomsday's made? No. Doomsday's yeah. got a great origin and they didn't even use that. It didn't look like Doomsday and uh yeah, I thought it was just awful, man.
0: Yeah, that, there was so many so much things that was wrong with that. You know, Justice League actually was I I tell you what I liked about Justice League. I liked that when they made the hot tag to Superman at the end, he came in, he blew the comeback, and we're done.
1: Yeah,
0: No dips, you know, hot tag, boom, boom, boom. That was like the best Superman that DC has done was actually Justice League. Because yeah. Yeah, Superman's badass. That's the problem with Superman sometimes. Superman has to be treated like uh, the Hulk, because he's that powerful. Yeah. You get the heat on everybody else. That's, that's why the best Hulk movie and Marvels dropped the ball with the Hulk a lot, mm. but the best Hulk movie was the Avengers. You get the heat on everybody else, Hulk comes in at as the, at the uh, for the hot tag and beats the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. I thought Captain Marvel. Oh, that broke my heart. That movie, that movie killed me because I was going to see Marvel for the. I knew I was going to see Marvel. Like I know uh, Captain Marvel is Carol Danvers now, so I got no problem with that. It wasn't yeah. that. The title is the female. I didn't care about that. Yeah. But I was going to see Marvell. If I'm going to see Marvel on the big screen, this is the chance. This yeah. is going to be my one opportunity. And they cast Marvel as Annette Benning. And <laughs> I could have <laughs> set that theater on fire with myself in there. Wow. I, I was just so heartbroken. I was like, what? I mean, I, tell, I I put this on Twitter, too, because some people felt like I didn't, like it was the uh, female thing. I'm like, no, I've taken my sons to see Captain Marvel, who's a female character. I love Wonder Woman. This ain't ain't got shit to do with it. But Captain Marvel is a man, and he was my favorite one since I was five years old. I wanted mm-hmm. to see him. And I, I equated it to going to a Wonder Woman movie, and, it's being, and she's being played by Jack Nicholson. Not that Jack Nicholson can't pull it off. <laughs> and I probably would still watch it. But it wasn't what I wanted. Um, that one was rough.
1: Yeah. What would you think of Ben Affleck's performance as
0: Batman? I thought he did good. Yeah, so I right. did. I loved good. it. I loved it. I thought they went, I mean, uh, I really didn't quite get the, they went right for the old man Batman with that one. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. he could have just dyed his hair a little gray and he'd have, been, he'd have been fine. But I thought he actually looked really great. I thought he played Bruce Wayne well. Yep. And um, I, I thought he did good. I thought he looked great as Batman.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of old man Batman, are you excited that uh, it's been rumored that Michael Keaton will be reprising his role in the Flashpoint movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. I thought he did great, man. I thought uh, Michael Keaton killed it as the vulture, too. Yeah. That scene in the car when he's just looking through the rearview mirror and um, toby not Toby McGuire, whoever the new Spider-Man kid is, just their facials. They tell such a, and you know, that's a good editing and directing there with that movie too you know but just those guys with their facials and they finally figure out who each other is in that car that was fantastic that was so good
1: yeah one of my favorite comic book movies of all time this is gonna shock you I saw this when I was a little kid I'd love to know your opinion on it I love it so much to this day
0: Superman 3 hmm <laughs> wait a minute Superman 3 is oh that's Richard Pryor yes yeah that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was rotten, man. Sorry, bro. And oh. I love Richard Pryor. You, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger Richard Pryor fan than me. But, man, that was fucking rotten.
1: You didn't like the computer thing at the end when the, the woman changes no. into the... No? When she turned
0: into Jocasta? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that might have played actually better today, which how, is how crazy uh, computers are today, and the CGI might have actually worked better today. I, I don't hate that concept, but just, I mean, that movie was hokey. I think it, I think Superman 4 wasn't as bad as people thought, but Superman 3 was so bad that nobody wanted to see Superman 4. Oh. I think that's how bad Superman 3 was.
1: But you had Clark Kent versus Superman in the, in the junkyard. <laughs> that was awesome, man. <laughs>
0: I can give as good as I get, man. Yeah. I come on, you Come on, God, God! Oh. I might need to go back and rewatch it. You know, uh, it, it definitely has some fun stuff. I, I remember as a kid, I didn't hate it. As a kid, I liked it. Yeah. It was one of those ones where I watched back as an adult. I'm like, oh. But two, coming off of how powerful Superman Two was, yes. You are the one they call president. I am. I see you are practiced in worshiping things that fly. Good. Rise before Zod. Anything. I mean, it was going to have to win a damn Oscar to be better than Superman 2, so I think they were, they were in a tough spot there anyway. No. Kneel before Zod.
1: Yeah, 2's right up there for me. Have you seen the Richard Donner cut?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different,
0: but um, did you like it? I, I just did an appearance with um, none. Oh, Jack uh, Jack O'Halloran. Yeah, yeah, we did an appearance together. Wow. Yeah, he's a cool guy.
1: Um, what What do you think about the DC animated films?
0: Oh, they're fantastic! They blow the regular ones out of the water. It's they not do even close. Yeah, I just watched Apocalypse War. Mm-hmm. I've watched that twice. I've actually uh, started to watch it a third time. It's insane. Yeah. Like what they did with Apocalypse War in the DC animated version uh, universe is what Marvel did in their non uh, non animated. I don't know what you call that. Their regular uh, universe, mm-hmm. because Apocalypse War was their end game. Yeah, you know. So they have they did really great. Now they had Doomsday in there, the death of Superman. That's Doomsday. Yeah, that was badass. They've had a couple really good ones, but yeah, that Apocalypse War was that was crazy.
1: Yeah, I love the Batman ones with um with Damian Wayne. He's in I yeah. think three of them. Those are you know, every time they put out one of those, they're always stellar. So Did you
0: see Apocalypse War yet?
1: No, you that's the one you just talked about on your yeah. last episode. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I gotta get that one.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I think I told on my show I talked, the only thing that annoyed me on that one was Lois Lane. Yeah, they started. they hyped her up. They gave her the solid push. Boy, well, she got a good push on that one. It didn't really make a lot of sense. So. But I, I saw that as far as animated movie too, Scorpion's Revenge. But that's badass too. You know, it's one of those things too. Like, uh, I, ha- I have to watch it in my living room because I got a little eight year old running around, and I don't want him to see brains getting ripped out of skulls uh, just yet. <laughs> so, Are your kids into comics? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, not as much, man. They they because they're you know it's a different age for kids. You know, yeah. uh, but uh, I mean, they're on the tablets, they're on their uh, YouTube thing, they watch YouTube videos and play these games all day long. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do buy my kids a couple comics. They'll see me reading them, and that makes, you know, I try to read in front of them.
1: Yeah. Do you buy the actual comics, or are you buying them on the uh, iPad?
0: Both. Both. I prefer, there is something about holding it in my hand that takes me back. And that might just be a generational age thing, because it takes me back to my youth. But I love just... There's something about it. you absorbing it, you absorb it a little bit more, I think. You know, you're know. just looking at it from different angles and you can do this and that. And I don't know. I, I love the physical one more, but at the same time, I love carrying around 10,000 books in a little tablet. That's mm-hmm. awesome as well.
1: Yeah, I just hate, like when I go into my local shop, I feel bad. I'm usually the only customer in there. There might be one or two others that stroll in, but... I just feel like I, if I buy one online, I feel that I'm killing the industry slowly. You're cheating. You know? you're, che- yeah. you're
0: cheating on your girlfriend. And that too. And also, too, when you're looking online, you, it doesn't capture the imagination the way going into a store does. Yes. And I'm the same way with novels, man. You know, when I walk into Barnes and Noble, I will spend hours cause just looking at these covers. And uh, that's why I hate the uh, you can't judge a book by its cover. Like, yes, you can. That's exactly what the fuck covers are for. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what they're for. You go in and like uh, just that feeling of wonder of you see, this, you know, these, some of the and like this week in particular, there's a strong, strong selection of covers where you're like, man, I would spend all my money in this bookstore right now.
1: Nice. Well, Shane, I could talk to you all day about comics, but I will spare you that punishment. Um, <laughs> I just want to ask you one final question. Everybody that I have on my show, I always ask them this question. What is your favorite Disco Inferno match?
0: I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> That's what everyone says. We did have a, I will tell you this though. Me and disco had a match in Vegas two years ago. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't I'll never trash his his work. Disco got a, Disco has some good stuff. It was me and an MMA fighter named Mike, the pain train Mazzani against disco Inferno and Stefan Bonner. I know Stefan got there late because he had to work that day or something. Um, I know what Glenn's going to do. Glenn's kind of, his act is, you know what it is. All right? you know, I know what I'm going to get out of Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I'm teaming with, I don't know him as, as well either. And I'm on guard in these matches, you know, especially the first time. I'm going to give you some hurricane stuff, but we're not going to go full out because I don't know how good you are. Yeah. And everybody tells me they're good. Nobody tells me they suck. Mm-hmm. I don't realize if they're good or they suck until I get out there. That's when you really know. So I'm going to keep this simple. But I got to keep it entertaining for the fans. So it was like, all right, why don't you MMA guys, y'all do y'all shit. Me, and let me and Disco get in there. We'll do our stuff together. And that was the safest route to go in this match. And it was the smart one to do anyway. The best elements of that match were going to be when me and Disco were in there. And, man, me and Disco in it. So we let the two MMA guys start. Steph and Bonner, like, right off the bat, just shoot power bombs, my dude. And, like, I'm sitting there reaching out for the attack, and you can see my hand go, if you ever talked to Disco, you got to ask him right now. And me and Disco are just looking at each other like, what the shit? But, you know, we get back in there and actually the match was a lot of fun. Uh, interacting with Glenn, actually, I do like Glenn as a person. He just, I always say he's like a puppy. He's adorable. He's cute. You like him. But then sometimes he shits on that carpet and you're like, you motherfucker! I think you used that one on the Jericho Cruise. Yeah, that's exactly what he, I think that's a perfect description of him.
1: Yeah. I'm going to send this to you later, but... Um... I made a compilation of, it's like a four minute compilation of everybody ripping on Glenn on the cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are the highlight of that video. It's it's fantastic. Oh, perfect. All right, everybody check out the great Shane Helms on his two podcasts on the creative control network, highway to Helms and primetime with hurricane Helms. Shane, where can we find you on social media?
0: At Shane Helms. Com. I make at it Shane. easy. That's at Shane Helms. Com or everything iTunes, Instagram, Twitter. I still have Tumblr. I got Twitch now. I'm everywhere. I'm awesome. like the wind.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Shane, for appearing on the Mike Durban Show. He's smart, he's if you're looking for a hero, All right. That's the show, everyone. Thank you so much, Shane, Hurricane Helms. Please check out both shows that Shane does on the Creative Control Network, Highway to Helms, and Primetime with Shane Helms. Check out his Pro Wrestling T-Store where you can get a shirt and more importantly, that new PPE mask. You want to stay safe? That's the way to do it. I'm not sure what's going to be on my next episode. It might be the Vince Russo interview I just did last weekend, which was a complete train wreck, as you may have heard on Vince's show eight days a week. Or it might be the Conan, Stevie Wonder segment. I'm not sure yet, but uh, stay tuned. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye for now.
0: Live long and prosper.